Welcome to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film, Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Watchmen Minute. I'm Travis Bowe, recording from a room that is way too hot with no ventilation. <laughs> and I am a sweating mess. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Crystal Beth, and I am in a nice neutral room that's actually not hot, which is weird for a loft space. <laughs> Well, it's so great to have you both back. Uh, I think I think for temporarily for the last time, maybe maybe one or both of you could swing by again, maybe later in the movie. But um, I'll be fun if that, that if that should happen. Yeah, once I properly watch the movie, I, I wouldn't. You know, maybe I'll come back uh, later on in the process. Yeah. I like it. You should. Yeah, I like what I've seen so far. So this is uh, minute 14, and it starts with DJ Alice Wisdom introducing Lester and ends with Lester talking to William on the street. This felt like a, a long minute. You know, how, you know how some minutes just feel yes. like long, long minutes, but like, this was in a good way. So I really like the conversation, you know, or the, the pontificating that, that Lester continues to do here. I really like the scene. And then... Like we were just teased at the very end with like the conversation with Lester and William just getting started. And it's like, mm -hmm. once, once that ended, it's like, I, you know, I didn't want it to end. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, this one, I really like this minute. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They really, William and Lester, they, they do seem to have this, uh, chemistry mm -hmm. starting. Yeah. And Philip Seymour Hoffman's yeah. just so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, he's so he's much fun magnetic. to watch. And, uh -huh. you know, he's one of those weird character actors that he can suck you in on almost any movie that, it, that he pops up in. Yep. Twister, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the suck vortex. I wanted to make a real gross joke about my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what what I was talking about uh, last minute uh, with uh, like it's like I said in the uh, starts with uh, Alice Wisdom um, played by uh, Polly Perrette. Mm -hmm. and boy oh boy I mean I, I kind of knew a little bit I, I I researched a little bit over the past few months that I've kind of been preparing for this but then just for this minute and just really doing a deeper dive on her Wikipedia page and her IMDb and what have you and it's just like. I mean, she is just a renaissance woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just all these different things. I mean, she's, she's you know, she studied criminal justice in school, and she mm. did waitressing and stuff, and, and uh, but, you know, she's she's also been a singer in a band, and yeah. it's acting, and, you know, most mostly TV show acting, but, you know, she had, there, there's, there's a few quite, a, you know, nice list of movies, too. Well, she was on that NCIS show for like yeah. 15 years, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it just maybe just wrapped up and, you know. Well, I think I she, she left a couple of years before this wrapped oh, up okay. even too. Yeah. I saw like she was listed for like 350 some mm -hmm. episodes wow. or something like that. So wow. I don't know how many, you know, were without her, but that's, that's a long run on a show. So is, uh, is the, DJ she's portraying is is do we know if that's a real person? No, 
that, yeah, not not a real person is my okay. understanding. I kind of wondered if the scene um, it does a good job of being um, expositiony, and mm-hmm. it does it in a smart way where you know she's introducing Lester Bangs to the audience who's you know in their car or listening at home or whatever. But it works, you know, in a movie to introduce us, you know, the the movie watchers at the same time. So it's it's one of the, I think one of the it's like a tried and true method. You know, you have any number of of uh, someone being interviewed on a TV news show, and they introduce the the character via you know introducing him or her to the audience and it just works really well. So yeah. I kind of wondered if maybe this, you know, is just one of those uh, first meetings that didn't happen this way, but it works for the movie. So this is how we're yeah. going to show these two characters meeting for the first time. So it, I mean, it could have happened, you know, close to this maybe, but I could totally buy if this was just a, uh, made for the movie but it, it it's a smart way to do it so it totally works yeah that way you're not like this is this person hi nice to meet you because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh william knows who this guy is so oh yeah if they were to introduce each other it'd be weird he's like no i know you i'm following you around <laughs> like a real creep um and yeah and, and to go to that point i mean you know now's wisdom she says you know, in, in, in talking about him on the, on the radio, she's talking to her listeners, and she's saying, "World's greatest rock critic, mm. an editor of Cream magazine." Um, one one of the big people that uh, is a big fan of Lester Banks is another rock critic that I was familiar with uh, for the past several years. I haven't listened to too much of his uh, of his radio show that also gets turned into a podcast lately, but I, I was listening to him and his partner and, uh, but it's, uh, Jim, Jim DeRigatis mm-hmm. and, and he's authored some books too and what have you. And, but he's, uh, he was a big fan of Lester Banks. I can see why. I mean, if, if he's anything like what we see here, um, but, but I have a feeling that he, he's the kind of guy that, uh, you know, some people would be pretty uh, entertained by his antics and so yeah. forth, but but others could get easily <laughs> turned off. Sure. I mean, heck, for, I, I'd be turned off by the way he throws the record. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> but then, actually, the thing I'm more turned off even before that is is that he takes the wrong record off, the one that's spinning. Uh-oh. The whole reason you have those two turntables and a mm. microphone um, there <laughs> um, is so that way you can take the one that's not playing <laughs> and place uh, the new record on there and then have a nice transition. But that's probably his, his idea. Yeah, that's like, nah, he doesn't. It's like he wants yeah, the record yeah. scratch to happen, to, to be heard by the listener and so forth. <laughs> it's good radio. <laughs> um, and, and so he, and he goes through this, uh, you know, we're listening to The Who, but he goes through this uh, amazing little list here of, uh, you know, and, and certainly from him, negative stuff, but from uh, from Alice Wisdom, positive stuff about the doors and Jim Morrison. Mm-hmm. And and he brings up the Guess Who, which he actually happens to have a shirt, T-shirt on of. Yeah. Um, as being uh, uh, drunkenly buffoonish, but thus, but thus because they are, they create great poetry, but not the other way around, supposedly. Um, but the, then he also mentions White Light, White Heat, a very 
as far as I'm concerned, a very popular song by uh, Velvet Underground, as much as they are popular, though. Okay. Um, and then, of course, there's Iggy Pop, what he ends up putting on Iggy Pop, which we referenced last minute. And it's the uh, the song that we start hearing, uh, Search and Destroy. Going back to The Doors, um, People Are Strange is one of my uh, karaoke go-tos. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Yeah. It, it, the only problem with that song is it's really short. Oh, yeah. And it, that is not a problem in karaoke. Uh, I <laughs> Please, love karaoke. Please, finish your song. Well, Let it, it someone depends else on, Yeah, it depends <laughs> on if you're the one that wants to sing it or if yeah. you're the, one that's, the ones that are listening. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the only other thing about the Who song, though, that's been playing since, you know, minute 12 there, right? And it was, it was what I think, I think both of you are familiar with the term, the diegetic. Mm-hmm. And so William starts playing it diegetically. It's in the, it's in the scene in minute 12. This is only, this is only two minutes later, but it ends. <laughs> that's, that's, Lester is ending that song okay. from playing. So it's diegetic. It becomes non-diegetic for a while with the transition in four years, <laughs> roughly, um, and then becomes diegetic again. I didn't even, didn't even notice that, but that's yeah. really, really clever. Yeah. So I looked up this uh, it's this radio station. It's uh, K, KPRI, I think. Um, you see it a couple places in the room. There's like a poster on the door and – She's got like a little purple piece of paper taped up next to her station with KPRI. So I looked up KPRI, um, and it was obviously like it it was a real uh, radio station in the San Diego area. It closed down in 1984, and then some other uh, station like adopted those letters. I think in like '96 maybe, huh. and did you know just regular alternative whatever, you know, the music of the time, you know. And then they sold out to, like, a Christian radio. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's a change. Yeah. Um, but it's fine or whatever. But I it was weird because when I looked up the KPRI, the photo was, like, of this kind of older guy putting a record back in its sleeve as if to like closing up shop kind of thing. Uh, yeah. But it was that Morrison doors album. Oh, yeah. So it's wow. like, it's almost referencing the mm-hmm. movie, but it's also when I read the article, wasn't the old KPRI station that would have been in this movie. It would have been the new one. That's, I don't even think is <laughs> like just the a coincidence. Same. I don't know. It's kind of weird, weird coincidence. It, I assumed it wasn't a coincidence because I thought they were referencing the movie, but then to find out that it isn't really even technically the same radio station, you know, the, the I don't know. Don't know if it's a coincidence or just uh, someone being clever. So like I said, it's uh, Iggy Pop and the Stooges, Search and Destroy, that gets put on, that uh, Lester puts on, which did appropriately come out in 73, is correct. Um, it seems like, I'm, I'm awfully sure that was it was used in uh, when uh, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
that it was definitely it's definitely a uh, one that's up there and and notability I think and and thus you know hmm. was uh they played it at that ceremony a few years ago now not too long I don't I'm not super familiar with a lot of Iggy Pop me neither yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean the the biggest thing I'm I'm familiar with them for is is just the in general the genre of punk he is sure considered the godfather of punk and mm. and also you know just, just just the style itself even considered proto-punk yeah what do you guys know patrick fugit from aside from this <laughs> one of the most recent things that i liked him in that he wasn't in a ton um he was like the 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 second in command um of the investigation uh in uh, gone girl Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it, and it took me like half the movie probably until I uh, realized yeah. it was him. <laughs> I think the first thing I saw him in was a movie called Spun from like, oh. I, I think it was like the next or second to the next movie he did after this, maybe like 2002. It's like a weird, you know, teenagers doing drugs kind of movie. <laughs> it, it, but it's, it's almost... Uh, uh, Requiem for a Dream, but not oh. quite as um, serious, I guess. But it's uh, it's really interesting, and he's plays a. I've been, I mean, I guess now almost sixteen years since I've seen that movie, so I can't recall it fully. But I remember he has an interesting part in that movie. Yeah, mine was uh, Saved. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that movie. Me too. Andy Moore kills it. Yeah. He's in another good one. Um, I only saw it once, but I really liked it. It was called uh, Wrist Cutters, A Love Story. Damn. And it was like he is in like purgatory. Um, just kind of at the start of the movie, I think he just kind of wakes up. You know, you know, you, you meet him and find out he's just in this purgatory along with a couple other people. And they kind of go through the movie and, and you find out why they – killed themselves and kind of how they're dealing with it or, or whatever. It's really good. Yikes. Yeah. So a little more serious version of Beetlejuice, maybe. Or part, yeah. Part of Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And then I've also noticed him in, uh, in a couple times I watched it in the past just couple years uh, of, uh, of one episode of house. Mm. Oh, where he's playing, he's playing an older brother to a couple younger siblings. One of which is, I think, in the hospital, and so it's kind of a, that role reversal with uh, Anita, Zoe Deschanel, mm. in this movie. He's paying it forward. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then he was also um, in uh, First Man from just last year, twenty eighteen. Oh yeah, oh. the yeah. astronaut movie. Mm-hmm. Played Elliot C, an astronaut. Cool. <laughs> Just real quick, uh, Crystal, do you, you don't happen to have uh, Jonathan Howell's number, do you? I do not. We need to. We need to get a hold of him and and alert the uh, Bureau for Authorities. Liquid Aware and the Bureau of Liquid Awareness. Uh, know <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> that this uh, DJ has like six open beverage containers near her station. <laughs> Hey, it's not her stuff. (laughs) 
Yeah, just you, you have you have to remember all the different DJs that come in and sit at this spot throughout yeah, the day, true. week. <laughs> I mean, with Lester, like he comes in, he's whipping records around. There's, yeah. you know, <laughs> that coffee's getting spilled everywhere. Um, anything else that either of you have noted? I like the. Uh... Rooster dance he does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was he leans just... forward with that little thing. I'm thinking of adopting that as my own, uh, mm. my own dance. Nice. Yeah. At, at first, I mean, he really ramps it up. At first, he's just a little bit of head banging, and then yeah, he he, he takes it in a whole another party direction. You know, mid morning. <laughs> yep. And then, then the next thing you see, I mean, he's like really like clutching. He's clutching like his his nose, <laughs> you know, oh, like when yeah. you have a headache or something, and uh, you know, All that water, water walking up the hill there hurts, baby. <laughs> okay, well, that was Lester Banks. This is Alice Wisdom, and here is Iggy Pop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, if you, if neither of you have anything else, I think uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good and. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So, um, the other thing we want to know from you, Crystal Beth, is your history with this movie. Sure. So, I saw, I can't remember the first time I saw this movie, but I do know that I I don't think I've ever officially seen the end of it, but I have seen the beginning and the middle many, many times. Where I don't know what happens, but there's a certain point in the movie. It's right around after Jimmy, uh, I was about to say Jimmy Kimmel, when Jimmy Fallon comes. After that meeting, for something happens with the movie that I just tune off and I've walked away. And I just have not finished it yet. It's very interesting, but that would probably be my, uh, my uh, answer to that. Very cool. And, uh, and Crystal Beth, you want to give a little bit of plugs? And uh, you can find me on social media at the Crystal Beth, and my podcasts are on iTunes. It is the Fifth Element, and uh, keep calm and game on. Um, and uh, Travis, you want to just uh, one last little quick run through of oh sure where people can um, reach you. Find me on Twitter at that Travis Bow. You can find my podcast uh, Real Comic Heroes on Twitter at real comic heroes. You can also find at watchmen minute on Twitter and Instagram. And that's where I hang out. Yeah. And then, uh, I'll just go ahead and uh, throw my, uh, little, uh, my personal, uh, Twitter handle at lucky mustard. And of course for the show, it's, uh, at almost famous men. And you can also find the show on uh, Facebook, uh, uh, the, the page at facebook.com slash almost famous minute. And our uh, listeners group, the Band-Aids Listener Society. <laughs> Such a good name. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so this has been great having you, Crystal Beth and uh, Travis yeah. again. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Glad yeah. I could make it. Um, so we'll be back on Friday with two whole new, uh, or a whole new guest and other co-host, both. Uh, Friday and then spanning over into Monday even. So that'll be uh, minute 15. Until then, it's all happening. It's It's all all happening. happening. I am a golden god! Yeah! 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 Yeah!
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.